Three, two, one, go. Welcome back to another episode of Good Enough. I am your host, Stefano Sanzo, and you, because you are listening, are one of the good few. Thanks for coming back. I appreciate you immensely, and as always, it means a lot. What's new uh, with the good few? the crew, the family, me, you guys follow me, uh, something actually great, some real great news, uh, that I'm happy to announce, uh, some of you may have seen it on, uh, Facebook or Instagram, because I started promoting it, but the community theater that I've been doing theater with for four years has graciously allowed me to put on their first ever comedy show, yeah, yeah, it's big news, it's huge news, I will be hosting it, you guys know me as a host, and hosting is what I do, I love hosting, so I'll be hosting it, and I booked it, I produced it, I put it together uh, through some of my comedy friends, I think we've put together a great show, Uh, it's going, so it's November 16th, and I'm probably going to say that like five more times, but save the date, Uh, go to the uh, website uh, Center Stage Shelton, and go to tickets, and if you follow all those links, you will find a comedy show. Uh, tickets and yeah it's bring your own beer bring your own refreshments all that stuff cabaret style so that's really cool saves you a ton of money tickets are 20 bucks uh this is this is a really high value show i mean 20 bucks and that's all you got to spend you bring everything yourself bring your you know bring your laughing pants because we're going to be doing a whole bunch of that and it's going to be a fucking awesome time guys i can't wait but anyway so yeah november 16th uh me hosting and then on the lineup, we have uh, Daniel Cowwhite, who's headlining, a longtime comedy friend of mine. You guys are going to love him. Kevin Dolan, who is an actor slash comedian, a uh, big, massive personality, uh, big person. I'm trying to have him on the podcast actually Wednesday, which would be great. So uh, I think the next few episodes are all going to be people that are going to be on that show. Speaking of, our guest this evening is Harper Lyles, and yeah, she, she's, she's going to be on that comedy show. Another comedy friend of mine, she's been doing acting in theater as well. So I, I tried to book people who I thought would be good for a comedy slash acting audience because I think half the people in the audience are going to be there for center stage. Like just, you know, they expect to see musicals and plays and all that, but they want to see what else we're putting together. So I wanted to <clears throat> put together a lineup that I thought would be really comfortable with this sort of crowd because it is a little bit different than the kind of people that you're going to see at most comedy shows because half of these people do theater. So really excited for that. But yeah, our guest is t- uh, our, our guest in this uh, episode little jumble today sorry guys is harper lyles and she was a really fun time to have in the studio she gave the bleakest answer of all time to uh my classic what do you think is going to make the world a better place but uh really brought it back later on with a, a new question i've added to the repertoire that i'd like to ask all my guests and i'm going to try to ask every one of them from here on out because i think it really encapsulates the theme of being good enough uh you know, it, it'll probably end up being one of my Hallmark questions. I, I, I really liked it. So you guys will see that. But that's all I had to talk about today. Once again, November 16th at Center Stage Theater in Shelton, Connecticut. If you can make it out, I would really appreciate it because if it's a sellout or at least if, if it does well, we'll be able to do it again. And I could regularly put on a comedy show uh, at, at this wonderful venue. And it really is a beautiful venue, guys. You 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 have to come down and check it out. If Even if you don't want to go see my comedy show, just like go see one of their theater productions sometimes they're it's about as professional as community theater gets Rem, you know reminder none of those actors are paid it's it's all volunteer everyone does it for the love of it and i think that adds something really special to what community theater is everyone involved is doing it only for the love so you're seeing just a passionate performance and that's their only motive <clears throat> so that's great, but not to get too off track, we got to get you going on this episode. So once again, November 16th, please be there. I love you guys. 
Thank you so much for listening again. And without further ado, your guest, Harper Lyles. We couldn't afford the rights to any songs. So I wrote this one. We're not the best, but we're good enough. Let's start the podcast now. It's good enough. The proper address for a non-binary Southerner is yes, them. <laughs> is that yours? Yeah, that's mine. Oh, thank God. That's mine. Thank God. I really like, yeah, that's good. That's good. You, you wrote your own joke. Fantastic. I hate puns if they're not your own. Mm-hmm. I, I, I hate them a lot if they're your own too. I don't know. I usually, usually when someone throws a pun my way, it's like I appreciate it, but also say, fuck you mm-hmm. <laughs> like i it's i'm giving them both of those energies at the same time because like i appreciate the joke and the cleverness but at the same time it's a pun i hate you you know but yeah. in this case i don't hate you for that one that one's a pretty good <laughs> that's a good one that there's got they got some wordplay in there yeah who the hell are you introduce yourself to my guests my name is harper lyles i am a comedian i am an actor i am a musician i don't pay rent with any of these things but i absolutely friggin love it um, I have been living and entertaining in the C- greater Connecticut, New England area for the last three years. I am originally from North Carolina. I've lived all over the country. I am 32 years old. I am a Gemini. I am an ENFP, and I am a cat owner. Holy shit. Um, we, okay. Well, thanks for coming along, guys, <laughs> and that's our show. No, uh, that, that, that's, that's a lot to dissect at once. Also, I didn't know you were a Gemini, yep. and I didn't know you were a cat person. Both yep. both defining parts of my own personality. I'm as well as Gemini, 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 yogurt. Um, I'm, uh, I'm also a Gemini. Four people on this podcast, then. Correct. Yes. Correct. <laughs> from, from what I'm told, I don't – astrology is weird for me because, mm-hmm. because I so, – like. I see it's not it's like a religion but not really there's no way to prove it but mm-hmm. at the same time all the shit is freaky accurate mm-hmm. like anytime I look into something about Gemini it's spot on spot on yeah. spot on and anytime I kn- happen to know somebody else's sign and I look stuff up on them I'm like holy shit this is yeah this is them this, yep. this is a person to a T and then when they and the in astrology books when they talk about how my sign and that sign interact I'm like Jesus Christ it's like they know the relationship that m- this person and I have as much as I don't want to believe in it because it sounds mm-hmm. so bullshit. Oh, this is where the planets were when you were born. Uh, and this is, it's going to dictate your personality. It kind of works out sometimes. I mean, it's just fun. It it's, is definitely fun. It's like religion without the guilt or the <laughs> death or baggage. It's just fun. Like <laughs> That was such a good Southern sweet way to backhand all the terrible things about religion. <laughs> that was awesome. You did that so expertly. I, I grew up in the Bible Belt. Yeah, I know the terrible things do. about religion. You do. Nor- uh, you said North Carolina. North Carolina, right? yeah. yep. And... Uh, God, that's so accurate. Though. I'll give it that. It is fun, mm-hmm. but some people, I don't know, like anything, some people just take it a little too seriously. Uh, you give anybody an excuse, they'll take it. Oh, Jesus Christ. Like, like I mean. You well, speak in sound bites, Har- Har- Harper. This is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like whenever Mercury's in retrograde, right. people blame everything on yeah. that. You couldn't possibly yeah. need to get your shit together, right? No. no. Yeah. You, can't, you can't be like, I don't know, slightly depressed maybe? Mm-hmm. 
you know, God forbid it's anything that you right. could control. Yeah. It's got it's got to be the planets. It's got to be the planets. Jupiter's over there, guys. That's mm. why I cried this morning. Yep. Not good. That being stable. said, like, did you know that like social workers, emergency yep. medical management, yep. anybody else, they pay attention to the full moon very yes, closely. Yes, they do. Yes. And I got, and that's when I'm like, all right, I'm being a dick about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Clearly there's something at play here because these are working professionals who are saving lives and mm-hmm. they it's it's anecdotal because they're saying it but you could probably show it on paper that oh, yeah. there's an incre- actually no it's not anecdotal sorry it's proven that shit gets crazy when yeah. it's when there's a full moon more babies are born during the full moon they staff more labor and delivery nurses during full moons what the shit yeah that's i don't i don't fucking know mm-hmm and I mean, I guess there's no, I guess the problem is it seems scientific because it's aligned with the planets and yeah. the planets do, uh, do follow a schedule. So it's like, yeah, it seems scientific, but it's, it's so like, how, how do you measure it? You know, mm-hmm. how do you prove it? So it's still a little wishy-washy. I don't know. Yeah. yeah so I'd never read an astrology book, but I've read enough into astrology where I'm like, that's really freaky. I, st- I don't want to believe it just because there's a lot of people I don't want to be right. I don't want, <laughs> there's a lot yeah. of people who talk about this stuff where like, I don't want a single one of their beliefs confirmed because they are annoying. <laughs> I don't think it's a belief structure. I just think it's fun. You're right. Like, yeah, well, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what you think. And mm-hmm. I think that's healthy. Yeah. Other people, I, oh yeah, it's definitely a belief structure. You know, if there was a church of astrology, people would go to it. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I just became a fucking millionaire on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Churches oh that do not get taxed. Why churches, is there not an astrology right. oh church? God. Why is there we not? We can meet every, every I don't know, every, every full re- moon. Every Holy full moon shit. and retrograde. There's all sorts of dumb parts of the calendar that you can meet up that align with the planets. That would mm-hmm. make sense. Oh, my God. We could have a collection tray mm-hmm. and... Okay, we'll talk later. I yes. got to figure this out. Business, anyway, Harper. Business idea. Business. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, Harper, I don't yep. know if you've listened to an episode of the show before, but if you did, you would know this one's coming up. What makes you happy? I want to know it about every single one of my guests because I don't think people ask it enough. Hmm. God, just the dumb shit makes me happy. Nice. Like, like That's really the stuff I want to hear about. Silly, stupid things make me happy. Stupidest um, thing that made you happy recently. And then we'll get into bigger stuff. God, uh, just this meme I keep seeing on the internet that keeps making me laugh that I've seen for years. There's memes on the internet? Go on. Yeah, they've been there for decades now. We're old. Uh, Yeah, you're right. And it says, uh, you know, Bill Stickers will be prosecuted. And underneath it, someone wrote, Bill Stickers is innocent. And it makes me, like, I'm having to force myself not to crack up. What is Bill Stickers? It's I guess in England, it's like when you stick a flyer on the wall. (laughs) And so they say Bill Stickers will be prosecuted. It's like Bill Stickers is innocent. It just that like stuff like that makes me laugh for days. Yeah. I don't know why. Like point pointless pointless humor and yeah. things of that nature. Yeah, like stuff that's just stupid, creative, and well, tell, tell me about. it. I'm talking mm. not just like laugh, but I'm saying like makes you happy. Makes you know? me happy. Like that that geeky little smile that you do yeah. that you can't even control. Not not just yeah. laughter, but I'm talking just like real honest happiness. Because I've moved around so much, um, whenever I notice something that is genuinely unique to an area, that makes me happy. Well, a lot of my listeners are from this area, yeah. and you're from the outside, and they yeah, would I love am. to know because everyone in Fairfield County, Connecticut, we find this place to be very boring and yeah. sucky. What the hell is unique about this dump? I love you, Connecticut. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm speaking through people who are dissatisfied with this place. I'm not one of them. Let's see. So uh, a massive amount 
amounts of deciduous trees in the fall where everywhere else I grew up was pine. So yeah. it's all evergreen. So like super explosive, colorful fall makes me happy as hell every year. Yeah, that you can't you you can't uh you can't like deny that that's something mm-hmm. crazy. The and there's like a real specific two three weeks where it's just every color in the mm-hmm. spectrum that's yeah. when like guys if you're not going on trail walks runs if you're not getting out in nature during the fall and you live in new england i mean you're the reason you're unhappy <laughs> <It's>, because <laughs> that, that is, that so, is so important you have to go enjoy the magic mm-hmm. that is this place in the fall there's that's the kind of view you can't see in like Africa like nope. you can't see there There are just places in the world where that does not happen as beautiful and as vast hell as just are. go to the south like in North Carolina we don't yeah. get that because it's all pine exactly um, let's see other dumb things I've noticed um you guys don't have sheriffs here you don't have that's unin- a very southern thing isn't it well, sheriffs are law enforcement over unincorporated areas areas that are not a town or a oh, city everything is a town everything's here. a town yeah. here where I'm from only oh there's counties like counties are more of a thing. Counties yeah. are way more of a thing every other state I've ever lived. Yeah. So there's no sheriffs here, which is so whenever I tell a story from back home and I tell someone here, like, yeah, and then the sheriff's deputy came, they're like, Whoa, were you in a western? Yeah, exactly. Or was there a shoot like, did you pull out your six shooter partner? Yeah, was Dang. it the okay corral? Like, yeah, no, <laughs> sheriffs are elected officials in the rest of the country. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 a more important and necessary job. To us it's mm-hmm. it's literally like bang bang cowboy stuff. Like that's yeah. all we hear when we hear sheriff. Yeah, exactly. We don't even I feel like in New England, in this part of the country, like we don't even process mm-hmm. that word without an a southern accent. It's no. it's sheriff. Like that's how we hear that's <laughs> a, that's how we think of that word. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the sheriff thing, I just, I mean, I've worked for local, I did government stuff for a while, so uh-huh. like dumb government-y things I'll, I'll nerd out about. That's but, so, that's um, so nonspecific. You yeah. just did government stuff? <laughs> oh, yeah, that really does make me sound like I was you a could, spook or you something. Could be, no, yeah, you I could worked. be a spy, you could be a Parks and Rec employee, no, there's I was so a, many things. No, I have a social work degree, so I worked for oh. local government or government contracts for several years when I was first out of school, and that's where things vary but i also know that's very nerdy to me and most people do not appreciate where i say like did you know that form 67b is different in connecticut like yeah no uh, yeah, none no, of us no, would pick up on no that, one at likes all. that crap. <laughs> no one likes that crap no but, no i'm like i hate paperwork so <laughs> much i'm I, if you needed to scam me hand me a piece of paper mm-hmm. and like it wouldn't take much like i think i need to have a lawyer look at anything i was putting my name on just because i don't i am so bad at paperwork i don't process mm-hmm. it it's just so boring and like non-create it doesn't hold my attention at all yeah. i respect people who like could push paper and pencils all day and like could get through forms i don't if you hand me a form of any sort that i have to fill out i'm mm-hmm. immediately miserable immediately i don't bureaucracy is the opposite of stefano yeah. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Bureaucracy. Uh, I, when I for, worked for the government, I used to just yell to myself, bureaucracy, bureaucracy, rah, rah, rah. Just oh, oh, <laughs> That's what I hear in my nightmares, but it's more like bureaucracy, bureaucracy, rah, rah. Yeah, no, it was more of a, it was more like tongue in cheek when it's like, really, you're changing this rule to be the exact same thing as, okay, and yeah. I've got it. All bureaucracy, right. like how much of our tax dollars goes mm-hmm. towards like bloated bureaucracy steps? Just like, I have to hand this to you, who has to hand it to them, who has to get it approved by them, and now you could open up this door with well, that key. that's the thing, is that, like, they've really done 
a lot of streamlining over the last 20 years. Oh, that's good. Um, but the, I talk like I work in government or something, <laughs> like I have any right no, to talk about it. But, but they've cut to the point, I worked in one government office in Colorado where they literally told me I had to pay for tap water, like pay for the privilege of drinking tap water. What does that even mean? Like, it means that I, if I wanted to get myself a glass of water out of the bloody tap with a cheap Brita filter attached to it, I had to pay five bucks a month to be a part of the water club, and I'm not making this up. Oh. Yeah. That was kind is, of... Is Colorado a drought state? Because it's, it's... I know it's technically a desert. Well... Like, they call it a high desert It's a high desert, but the drought had, the drought didn't have anything to do with that. That was just the stinginess of the oh, government. Yeah. That's gross. I know, right? Like, right shortly after that, I was like, you know, writing's on walls, walls are falling down. I'm getting the yeah. hell out of here. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Wait, did they, so would they charge for washing your hands? No, I didn't ask that. Loophole, but... <laughs> bring your water bottle into the bathroom. <laughs> yes. That's yeah, how that... you do that one. Mm-hmm. I fig- I'm Italian. We figure out how to scam things. <laughs> I mean, you, you tell us, you tell us a way. We're like, well, no, I, I really got to do this. Listen, <laughs> listen, I got a guy. You meet you out back, he gets you some water. Might be a little dirty, may not exactly be water, but it'll get you, you know, he gets you a drink. Oh, God. Okay, so here's another thing that's great about living in New England is that, by and large, with television, film, media, if a location is not specific, specifically named, it looks like New England. Yeah. And it, and I didn't realize that until I actually lived here. I just thought that was some, like, default TV land concept, just some weird fake neutral accent or some fake neutral setting but no it's new england and so you know connecticut is like default tv america and that was my first takeaway within a Holy month of living sh- that's here that's such a good way to describe it. and i think that's why so many people from this area i mean other than there's high taxes there's a lot of reasons to be mad at living in connecticut but yeah <laughs> we feel like maybe disenfranchised because it does feel so damn you cut on the tv and you see it yeah like- exactly it feels so damn boring in, mm-hmm. a, in the sense of like this is just it's like it is default reality it's yeah. a, such, such such a good way to put it mm-hmm. where like yeah you're not like palm trees is something that's used to describe tropical paradises mm-hmm. so yeah so so like we assume that's a better place than here but like i've been to places with palm trees your neck of the woods <laughs> uh or, or palmetto in that area whatever it is i've that's been south to south carolina th- oh yeah, yeah south carolina sorry i went to south carolina and north carolina on the same trip so i just lumped it together into one Carolina in my head. <laughs> I was like, yeah, they're pretty much this. I was there at the same time. They're pretty much the same thing. There's good chicken. And um, one sells fireworks, one doesn't. That's it. That's, yeah. the, that's the main difference. Well, South Carolina is fucking weird because like in South Carolina, they sell fireworks and I mean like mortars and stuff yeah. that shoots like super high in the air. Like North Carolina doesn't do that. But for the longest time, you couldn't get a tattoo in the state of South Carolina. Why? state laws are so damn strange and connecticut's another one of those weird ones with weird state laws like we just got drinking on sundays i know you guys got that a year before i moved here a couple of years ago that's Mm -hmm. so fucking weird yeah that's so like in in the two that like what was it like 2015 or something like that 2014 something something really recently mm-hmm. where it was okay to to buy liquor on Sundays and you still can't buy it after like six on Sundays who was that protecting I don't other states uh, Utah and Pennsylvania actually are what 
Utah. Uh, I, I'm I'm a dumb nerd about this kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah, you, I want to hear. Utah about it. has weird drinking laws. Like, well, they, yeah, Utah is run by crazy Mormons who good enough does not support. Just kidding. Episode one was with Rodney Norman, <laughs> everyone's favorite Mormon. I know, right? And a, th- a bunch of people listen to that episode. So no, we we love mm-hmm. we we learned from that episode that Mormons are actually pretty cool. Oh yeah, uh, Mormons this, are good neighbors. Yeah. Yeah, they're really good people. Yeah, when I was living in Colorado, it's like, uh, you know, they, they're not like Southern Baptists in that they're trying to convert you. Yeah, they're not evangelicals. They're, they're kind of like the Ned Flanders Christians in that they're just modeling how decent they are and yeah. hoping that you notice. They're like, we really like God and you. Yeah. That's really, that's what Mormons are. It's like, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's that's all it is. Like, they're not, they like, they, they are super into the religion. They're mm-hmm. very religious and I'm fine with that. But yeah. like, they don't. They're not in your face about it. Nope. They're just good people. They make you want to be a Mormon just by being like, I want to be that nice. Yeah. Is that all it takes? Pretty much. Um, yeah, so I think they're doing it right. But yeah, they, they don't like serve you alcohol unless it's like with your food. You don't get like your beer ahead of time. See, it's that's so that's weird. more that's more pointless bureaucracy in a different way to me. But they also there is a brewery in Utah called that uh, produces a beer. I don't drink anymore, but when I wasn't in, in the West, I would have this beer a lot because it was called Polygamy Porter. That's fantastic. They have a sense of humor. I know. Was it, it a Mormon company? Can Mormons drink alcohol? I forget. No, no, they don't do alcohol. But right. um, yeah, that was called Polygamy Porter with nice. the tagline, you can't have just one. <laughs> <laughs> they, Rodney explained polygam- yeah. like the actual polygamy thing on that episode. I can't remember how it worked out, but like he cleared a lot of the air out of mm-hmm. it if you guys want to go back and listen. I don't remember. It's been 15 hours of talking since yeah. then. But uh yeah, very cool. So, so where, where do you get this? I don't want to say obsession, but where do you get this? You you seem to be really on the fringe of whatever. Like what what people aren't seeing is something that you te- tend to pick up on. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but like yeah, there's a like how early on does that go for you? Like when you were a kid, did you notice? That you had like not peculiar interests, but these interests—they <laughs> are peculiar yeah, interests. Like, right. yeah, I mean, nobody gets excited about government work. I know, right? <laughs> like you're a regular Leslie Nope. Oh God, yeah. My brother used to uh, actually say, like, yeah, my sister's basically—it's probably a combination of Leslie Nope and April Ludgate, and. For anyone who doesn't yeah. watch Parks and Rec, yeah. you're lost right now. But those are Parks and Rec yeah. characters. My father is pretty much Ron Swanson. Like, I want to meet your dad. Oh my God! <laughs> he's Ron a, Swanson is one of my favorite characters of all time. He's a woodworker who used to work for the government, who hated it, who thought the government was way too overreachy. Um, he built his house himself in the woods. He doesn't like people, um, <laughs> and that's pretty much the long and short of it. Like, yeah, my dad is basically Ron Swanson. What's his name? His name's Robbie. Robbie? Yeah. Robbie L- Lyles? Or, yeah, Robbie Lyles. Robbie yeah. Lyles. God, that's a badass American <laughs> name. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. Robbie Lyles, who built his own house, lives in the woods, hates people. God, mm-hmm. he sounds like a goddamn American rock star. Yeah. I like this guy. <laughs> Robbie Lyles. Um, how did, and how'd you get the name Harper? I've never heard of it as a name, a word, a, a sound. I've never heard it believe before it, I met you. Believe it or not, my father's full name is Robert Harper Lyles, and so I am Emily Harper Lyles. Are you going to name your daughter um, oh god i ain't having no damn kids <laughs> no <laughs> oh, okay yeah no smart move smart yeah. move. terrifying world um but uh what is it uh 
so what, what are some other peculiar things that make you happy uh well we have the theater as a common interest holy so. shit i i was i imagine if i got through this whole episode without talking i think you're the first person i've had on yeah. who actually does does theater not yeah. just like did it in high school yeah um yeah that was actually one of the things that i first uh that i guess i really connected with you in this in the comedy scene was yeah. that you're a comedian and a theater person yes. however i started in comedy and wound up in theater you started in theater wound up in comedy exactly but you're also like a super duper musician yeah like you could do tell everyone the instruments you could play if you could remember them oh all. god i do i do a, i do i name them all off in one breath in a comedy bit so let's see if i still remember it um, yeah. okay Clarinet, bass clarinet, also saxophone, tenor saxophone, baritone saxophone, valve trombone, euphonium, acoustic guitar, electric guitar, bass guitar, violin, voice, piano. God damn. If you guys want to go back and slow that down so you could really hear what she plays, that's insanity. Now, how, how I many will, instruments does that come out? Today? That thinks that's tenor 11. And um, I will say not all with equal level. Right. <laughs> not right. All, all. That'd be insane. Pretty much all of them I have been able to play a song on at some point, or they have caused me injury at some point, or something. How'd you get injured playing an instrument? Uh, when I played a valve trombone, um, I was. Uh, Is that the one that goes around you? No, no, no that's no. a tuba. It's, tuba, tuba. Right. It's like a trombone is like the. I'm staring at one, aren't I? Right. Yeah, it's right there. Yeah, there's a um, guys. There's this trombone in the fucking room right now. I'm like, what is that thing? I have no idea. I'm practically playing it. Yeah. It's like, it's a it's, it's a slide. Feet away. So it's a slide trombone. Um, oh, okay. A valve trombone has like the valves like a trumpet on oh. it. It's just really weird shaped. It's kind of, I don't know. It's a little bit of a mutant instrument. But anyhow, I was right. playing one for a uh, basketball tournament when I was in college. And we were losing the game, but having a really good time. And I just started playing really loudly with everything. I got a blood blister on my lip for about two months. That, okay. See, so, so <clears throat> the injury ended up being not that interesting, mm -hmm. but <laughs> mm -hmm. you just said we were, we were, t what was it? We were losing the game, but having yeah. a great time. Yeah. Hello life. I know. Right? Oh my <laughs> God. If that's not your motto, if that's not like your personal motto for everything, <laughs> that is like a great way to approach life. We were losing the game. That's like a, that's how I want to start off my book. Yeah. We lost the game, but we, <laughs> we had a great were, time. We were losing the game, but we had a great time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and when I, I do, I like um, bass guitar has been the most lucrative instrument out of the pack. Um, well, yeah, you're a, you're, you're a commodity. What white lady knows how to play the bass guitar? That's, that's a black man's instrument. Like that's, that's, <laughs> that's, and, and I'm not saying that pe like, you stick out from the bunch. There's, there's a, th there's, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it's, <laughs> like, it's, I've never, I, you don't hear that many white ladies who are playing the bass. You know, what's really funny is um, when I do uh, bass guitar for uh, pits, for a lot of the pits in uh, high schools and colleges. Every, in everybody, a, a pit is the, the, the band in front of a, what, musical? Musical, Or some yeah. sort of onstage performance. Yeah. Okay. So. I like to explain stuff that I don't know yeah. if my. If, if it's like two inside baseball speak, that mm -hmm. might, you know, my listeners might not know what, I'm, what oh, we're talking yeah. about. So you're, if you're in the pit, right? So if you're in the pit for um, high schools and colleges around here, hire uh, professional ringers to do that. They don't give that to the students. What's so a ringer, Harper? Keep us A ringer is this. someone we're who's... We're learning. <laughs> a ringer is someone who shows up and knows what the hell they're doing. They don't need time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Ringer in the sense that we yeah. knew, okay, that we already knew. I just didn't know it was, yeah. was used in music like that. Cool. Yeah. So um, I've done that with high schools and colleges colleges and the high school kids are really interesting because they they do not expect a female to show up playing bass and truth be told the pit world is mostly male right. it's, it's as male as comedy so, i'm sure um when i show up with 
arguably the more badass instrument in the bass group. is a pretty badass instrument. the the girls in particular in like the high school ensemble and and i'm i'm talking like my little gothy girls yeah, yeah i'm not talking like my little glee princess leads i'm talking my little gothy girls mm-hmm. in the ensemble of course they they just like fangirl over me whenever i show up at the bass they're just like oh my god can i help you carry your equipment and i'm like hell yeah i'm gonna inspire a generation of i don't know what's but <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I had one yeah, like really cool. I had one like get her picture taken with me. Like she just no. <laughs> I swear to God, this actually happened. That is that must have made you feel pretty badass. It, well, it did. Like a little bit of a rock star. You're getting your picture taken for for having a rock star instrument. Yeah, that's fucking badass as hell. I know. Um, and what's it like being like? Do you ever act on stage at all? I have. Um, did that for pretty solid i would did the thing for a couple of years where i would be in a show and in rehearsals for another show and i just kind of kept it a cycle of that going for I, several I, years i did when i first so i've only been in four plays but that still amounts to 40 performances mm-hmm. so i guess you know still a decent amount but yeah um i've been i've been in four plays and yeah the first time i did it i was uh i had a small part in a play that was currently mm-hmm. on running and then i was coming to that same theater and uh coming to that same theater to rehearse for the next play yep uh speaking of oh, i'm gonna say it in the intro anyway but harper and i are actually on a show yes at that same theater we should plug that i know i'd, I'd probably plug that yeah, i guess we'll plug it at the end yeah we'll plug yeah. it at the end we'll talk more about it but uh yeah and and i don't know like what what did you get out of doing theater it's interesting because it taught me um this is going to sound very odd but i've always struggled a little bit with social skills and the really th- Fuck you. And so uh, <laughs> we all did. It's a comedian thing. Yeah, no, Everyone right. I have in here is broken. <laughs> they're all artists. They're all they're all being, like that's why I that's why good enough exists. Yeah. The, you know. So when I started doing theater, it actually really taught me different angles to approach a social interaction and Whoa. taught me how to pick the right path for the particular interaction. It's like a virtual reality simulation for yeah. real life. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I've never thought of it from that because I'm, I am like an entertainer from birth. I mm-hmm. live to do th- to to uh, captivate or entertain an audience. However, that is with through, if, yeah. if it's through making them laugh, just capturing their attention. I I lo- you could call me an attention whore, but like I mm-hmm. love putting on a show. So like anything in the vein of entertainment for me, it's like oh, it's just another avenue to entertain people. Mm-hmm. So I've never thought of like theater in a different context other than that there are obviously other applications for it because like not everyone who does theater wants to be famous yeah so that's so cool so you used it to understand social interactions a little bit better yeah like that's what you were getting out of it at for and what age was that oh god that was that was when i was like 27 oh okay um, yeah so when i i grew up in a very small town that did not have a theater did not have a theater department mm. or quote-unquote drama club in high school was... if you even said the word theater you're probably gay yeah that's, that's that's like and i'm not saying that like i'm saying that that's what the the, the yeah. stigma was that yeah. was definitely the stigma you say so... the word theater and like oh he's gay yeah so yeah. we didn't do have like high school musicals like you guys have up here um and i was always interested in it like my family took me to see like touring productions of broadway shows that would come through charlotte when i was a kid so i saw like fan 
I saw Phantom of the Opera when I was 13. That's like you're done. Same. Yeah. Right? Same. I saw. That's about when I saw it too. They took, yeah. but they saw they saw uh, took us to see the broad uh, on Broadway because obviously uh, yeah you're we're, here we're so close to New York it's a quick trip away yeah and uh, yeah that's that might that wasn't the first show I saw though the first show I saw I think like saw and understood I was seeing like mm-hmm. I was old enough to comprehend how great it was would have been Rent oh. and that might be one of the like that that like I don't want. It taught me a lot about gay culture, mm-hmm. like all uh, from from because at the time it wasn't like like it's become trendy, oh, you yeah. know. Like like gay is like hot on on online now. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like the thing. Like like coming out is like more of a celebration than anything mm-hmm. now. You know what I mean? And like it taught me a lot about the culture and what goes on in it, and uh, probably really useful for you know almost you know pretty close to going into middle school and high school Mm -hmm. and being starting to see more people yeah it it was it was really it it taught me a lot it also taught me that shit i guess i love theater Mm -hmm. but it wouldn't be for years until i really got into theater yeah same and you know my journey to it was you know i see these things when i'm coming up but i don't have an avenue in my hometown we had plays-ish but we didn't have a budget we didn't have a venue we just kind of had and we didn't even have like the structure that you guys have like you guys love student stage managers and student light techs and student you know assistant directors we didn't have any of that right so um when I got out of my hometown I went to college in Pittsburgh and I actually you know thought like could I do performances and they always wanted you to have some high school experience so I kind of made the assumption that a performing career wasn't for people where for people like me where I'm from. People like me. Yeah, and so that's actually how I ended up going the government route was yeah. I decided performing it just isn't for me. Well, as it turns out, people in government offices really don't like it when you keep trying to make them laugh. Mm-mm. They, no, they really I can't ima- don't. I can imagine. And I realized like I keep wanting to entertain the meeting yeah. instead <laughs> instead yeah. of like just being the person in the meeting. Right. So then when I started doing, I did some sketch and improv in Denver, and that eventually led into main stage acting. And I realized, yeah, I do want a performing arts career, and I want to do what I can while I can to make that happen. Hell yeah. And so I don't know where it's going to go. I hope it goes somewhere eventually. But that's when I started getting into acting. Um, Acting kind of segued into comedy. Um, And all throughout, I was a musician. I did marching band in high school. I did marching band in college. And I was at a Division One college, so I was performing in front of really sizable crowds. Holy which was shit! Yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. That had to be ridiculous because those D One schools bring those are they pack out some like bigger than some uh, yeah profes- like professional games. I mean, yeah, it was University of Pittsburgh, so let's be real. Okay, so okay, <laughs> okay, 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 sorry. You, it was so uh. so it was Heinz Field. So when it was sold out, it was like sixty some odd thousand people, but right. it was hardly ever good enough to sell it out. Yeah. But the game that like still makes my hair stand up was when we performed at Notre Dame Stadium for their homecoming which was I think 85,000 people holy shit yeah yeah that holy was, shit yeah you performed in front of 85,000 people drunk <laughs> they were all drunk no, I'm no just kidding. I, was. Drunk. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was I was I was still cr- I was still drunk from the night before oh uh, I was thinking like maybe you got drunk for it because that's nerve-wracking as hell no I was 21 years old and just able to day drink and I had a stipend to blow in Chicago so I just got yeah. drunk as hell the day before and then I the next day I was like come on sober 
sober yeah sober and then which guys does not work no don't slap your face and drink water and get on the road figure no. it out get an uber or <laughs> do or do a pregame in front of eighty five thousand people in which you are leading the line and if you missed up you will not spell pit anymore oh, thank geez. thank god i did the, i thank god for muscle memory am i right right and you said you quit drinking. Yeah, I quit drinking so, about a year ago. It's crazy because it sounds like you performed well drinking. It sounds like you're on your A game when you I drink. brought it. That's like, incredible. So the crazy thing about that was like I was just you know still drunk in front of eighty five thousand people. So it was like the scariest, funnest, weirdest thing I've ever That's done. That's a very in my specific life. experience. Yeah, very That's, specific uh, experience. Something I wanted to talk about that you just said earlier mm-hmm. though that I think is a uh, something that causes people to get feel real disenfranchised yeah. and. Uh, I clearly you you and I both have some experience in it. You said not for people like me. Yeah, and I feel like that's something that we all feel all too often yeah. about things that we want, things that we really mm-hmm. love, things that we maybe not well, maybe we deserve, but we don't think we deserve yeah. because we we've set up some sort of weird qualifications mm-hmm. for what allows you to do it when there's no when there's actually no guardian there's no firewall from no you know that's preventing you from doing that thing like uh so so for me to become an entertain for me to make the switch <clears throat> into doing things actually like in entertainment i always wanted to mm-hmm. but like so like in high school i played football and it's like, well, theater's not for football players. It's just impossible. You can't do it. Mm-hmm. it ex- you know, so it eats up all your time. If football eats up your time. Yeah. And then after, it's, and uh, you know, le- coming out of high school, you get this feeling of like, well, I didn't even do theater. I didn't play an instrument. I didn't do anything in high school. Why would I start? Why would I start comedy? Why would I start? You know, it's easy for you to be people like me mm-hmm. don't do these things yeah. or everyone knows my story with like weight loss and stuff mm-hmm. like that like people like me don't run marathons or people like me don't go to the gym we don't get healthy we we stay fat like i, I think people get locked into their own cycle of self-doubt with that phrase and also it's it's not necessarily just a you know head thing it, it, it has a lot to do with i think you don't know where to start right. if, if you didn't take the tr- traditional route to do something. And so you may run into a gatekeeping process that you think that is there or you think is there as well. Like no, both, you think, both of, you yeah. think, you know, exactly. it's there. And yeah. you know, you, you're told you just don't have the experience that we're looking for and this, oh that, the God, other. Yeah. And so that's when I was like, okay, I guess I have to major in something that'll get me a real job. Right. Right. But actually yeah, so like, true. like getting a social work degree has been actually rather helpful as an actor. I'm sure because you learn how to you learn how to size up someone's you know health mental health um situation traumas all all that kind of history the family structure all that jazz right and so when I get a character that I'm playing I figure out like who were their parents what was their home life like what was their social class what was their neighborhood like did they rebel did they not did they have trauma did they not what age right. did that occur what did they, you know etc mm-hmm yeah, but um, to speak to your point, like, <clears throat> as far as, uh, so uh, the way I was thinking about this is, like, mm-hmm. you got better at acting through social work degree, which, like, aren't normally paired well together. No. But I think the idea that if you love, if you're passionate enough about something, no matter what tool you have, you will be able to be better at that something with the tool you were given. Like yeah. if you're an artist and all you have to make art with is mud and you're an incredible artist, you will somehow figure out how to make a beautiful something with that mud. Oh yeah. Because 
the tool, the true tool is your soul and is your person as an, is, is yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. And whatever external tool or whatever opportunities are provided to you, you'll make them work. Yeah. Like I, you know, when I was work, uh, when, when I first started comedy or, you know, my best joke, one of my favorite jokes that I tell, uh, one that always works came when I was working a construction job. I did construction for nine months and I just had this really creepy, uh, this really creepy coworker who talked about something and I conflated the two together and I wrote this joke in my head and it had nothing to do with construction, but mm -hmm. I used the tool of construction, just me listening you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a comedian and I want it and I'm just taking an input and turning it into jokes. Yeah. And I let that fuel my best joke. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. A construction job shouldn't help you write comedy because on paper they're not related, no. but because you want to be better at that thing, you, that's how you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, whatever situation you're in, in, you know, and you're passionate about, especially if you're passionate about creating something, I bet you can make it work. Oh yeah, definitely. That's what I'm saying. So what I'm saying is, it's definitely for you. It's it's for sure for people like you. Who you're, the voices in your head are not valid. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I did figure that out eventually and realized, like, you know, that there is a path in this for me. And I feel like my goal as an actor ultimately, would, I don't see myself as, like, some romantic lead in movies. Mm -hmm. Mainly because I think those parts are for women are boring as fuck yeah like you're it's like oh you're in love and then you're jealous and then you're heartbroken and then you're happy boo fucking who like <laughs> you know give me like the crazy janitor that's like trying to throw water balloons at the couple or something like yeah. that. i don't know like so for me mm -hmm. i like like oh yeah so, so people often ask like what does this all mean for you stefano like mm -hmm. how are you gonna put all this stuff together you, you ran a marathon you do acting you do podcasts and comedy like all this stuff doesn't seem to add up like what the hell would you, like what would be success for you i'm like to be honest man i I think I'd be the perfect game show host <laughs> and I don't oh my God, you would. You and, would. and I don't and I don't think that's like you know like a weird thing to say. it's like no it kind of makes sense with the experience I have my personality mm -hmm. the way I look like yeah. you add it all together I'm like I think I could pull it off one day I have enough experience with a lot of things and a big enough personality and I think it would just make sense I think you could exactly you totally if, could. if I were to sew it all together mm -hmm. you know it doesn't make sense uh, perspective wise it's just like why would that help this or that help this but like mm -hmm. yeah that's what I see myself doing if, if I if I were to get like a big like if I were to be famous for something mm -hmm. entertainment I think that would probably be my thing <laughs> as an actor I want to be the person who's like I don't know your name but I know your work nice well yeah I mean that's everyone's dream is to yeah. have the success without the with you know while being able to go to the coffee shop yeah you know? yeah but like you know you see a lot of older actors who like they always play like you know, generals or they always yeah. play like businesswomen or mm -hmm. they always play nosy neighbors bruce willis is yeah. just constantly kicking ass and getting his ass kicked or mm -hmm. like how many people has denzel washington killed on right. screen <laughs> you know right yeah. yeah but like a weird a weird like goal in acting i have also is to be the before person in an infomercial nice the person's like do your tupperware containers not stack neatly and then they fall on me oh like, i, I want to be that person oh, it's so such, bad it's the easiest job in acting it's the always the worst most dramatic mm -hmm. it sounds like it's like somebody who was on set that day like going mm -hmm. to the bathroom and walking yeah. out they're like hey you want to be in a commercial it pays yeah. 50 bucks like i think that's who they get to do those yeah parts. someone who's like i can't mop the floor i've yeah. never mopped before. i keep breaking yeah. my wrists every time <laughs> i drink milk it's like what yeah. <laughs> like just Spilling things everywhere, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, man. I, I, I could, I could see you doing that. But like, is is that like? 
that's not like the ultimate goal that's I not the ultimate goal i could see, i could definitely see you doing it i mean i guess i could see anyone doing it like mm-hmm. they'll have yeah they'll have anybody doing it but uh one uh one one thing i always like to ask people uh what do you think is gonna make the world a better place oh fuck i know it's such a derailer i yeah. love it <laughs> what will make the world a better place yeah. um i think I've been wrestling. I've been actually really wrestling philosophically with this concept as of oh, lately. Oh shit! Because well, I know you're in the right place. I know that you said no politics, and I'm not going to make it political. But it has been in the context of the news. It's fine. I o- I only say it just to. It's fine. Yeah, we'll mm-hmm. roll with it. It's, it's not. It, I only say it to just. I don't want the show to the entire show to be about politics. But if something no. that means a lot to you right now, yeah, uh, we 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 can, yeah we can, yeah. We can roll so I've it. been thinking about like you know I'm a very you know you know center left person mm-hmm. um i most of my family's fairly left wing there are a handful of right wingers and i'm from a white right wing town yes you are and so even though it's a right wing town that tends to vote democrat it's very weird hmm. um it's a mostly black town so that's how ah, that, that, yeah. that, that's it yeah. yeah so um so yeah they'll vote democrat but they're still very socially conservative but and anyhow i've been thinking you know what how you know, things are just getting so weird and i've been i'm not sure i really have a good answer to it because i've been seeing the this concept of like let's call it, let's all return to civility and i'm like nah genuine wrongs have happened mm-hmm. and saying to tell people let's just be civil is basically saying swallow your very genuine complaints about things yeah and so um and also i find it increasingly difficult to speak to people who disagree with me politically and um, when like 10, so before I did social work work, I actually, uh, tried on like interning for, I interned for the Obama campaign in 08 and then oh, I interned for, um, immigration reform campaigns like mm-hmm. 2009, 2010 era. Right. So, <clears throat> and I determined that like the culture of campaign work really isn't for me and I'm more of a government nerd, but I, you know, I learned through these things. You know, you'd come into contact with people who disagreed with you, and you could talk about the substance of what was going on, but still appreciate the fact that, hey, we're both, you know, fucking political nerds, though. You know, like yeah, yeah. The, those conversations will be so much fun. And I have, in the last 10 years, it's been fewer and farther in between that I have a conversation with someone I disagree with politically that doesn't turn into some kind of something very disrespectful and weird and yeah. i'm not sure who starts it i mean i'm 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 sure that i contribute in my own way yeah. but i don't know i think um i don't want to say you know trite shit like empathy or civility or anything like that i genuinely don't know what will make the world a better place because we're going in a really weird scary direction right now hmm. and i don't rightly know how it's all going to work out right okay hmm. that is the bleakest answer I i've know. gotten to that question i yeah. know and well, all, right, all right so 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 let's uh, based off of where you see it going i mm-hmm. guess you can mean like what what would st- hmm. so here's a really weird it's going to get even bleaker but brighter, so bear with me. I love um, that. Yeah, that's that's my style. Our, yeah, let's get dark and let's bring it back to our light mo- again. Our biggest moments of national unity have come after national tragedy. Right, right. Post 9-11, um, even, post, even post-Civil War. Um, mm-hmm. If you read of the first few years immediately after the Civil War, before Reconstruction got you know, sh- 
stupid weird right there was a very real sense in the country as a whole that this war has been a national tragedy and we need to reunite and work together like the first like gettysburg reenactment was actual gettysburg veterans who when they got to pickett's uh fence just broke down and cried and hugged each other wow you know these grown-ass battle-hardened men just broke down cried and hugged each other like robert e lee when he worked for a university after the war ended actively recruited students from the union and i'm I'm getting off track because i'm a history nerd but my point is that the um our biggest moments of national unity have come when we collectively revere something as a national tragedy right but i'm not sure we're going that direction if we went that direction it just kind of as a group then we could kind of you know, go into the crevasse and then climb out together. But I'm not, I don't know what's going to happen. I'll give you that. You know what? This, I haven't heard this talked about much, but yet now when national tragedies happen, it kind of sets us further apart. That you, you're right. That used to be a thing that we like, mm-hmm. we'd come together anytime mm-hmm. something terrible happens. Yeah. But now because there's so much political divisiveness in the country, people, whatever, a tragedy somehow gets turn you know it, it turns partisan or yeah. bipartisan what's the one you know what i mean by uh, partisan yes par- it turns partisan and <clears throat> each side uses it as their own fuel in some way you know yeah. what i mean and it's it doesn't bring us together anymore it's like well this impoverished area got hit by this storm harder mm-hmm. we need to help these people and you know what i mean like it like that's become uh, like katrina was seen as a national tragedy yeah. but maria wasn't now they uh, are yeah and florence in the carolinas where i'm yeah. from wasn't yeah yeah so i i just I don't know. And what, then every like every mass shooting, that's a national tragedy. We it lost was. we lost Americans, but now both sides really politicized the shit out of it. Yeah. You know? And I I understand why it could get politicized because there's things to be that could be happening that mm-hmm. could, you know, move the needle in one direction or the other. But yeah. it seems like nobody wants to do anything because nobody wants to say anyone is right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I there there are like tried answers about like having conversations with people you disagree with and this that the other but you also have to protect your own sanity in the process you right. know you know you, it, like if something turns straight up disrespectful then you know that's another little bad mood you got to dig yourself out of and yeah. depending on how resilient you are that could go many different ways yeah so it's like you can't argue with people anymore because it'll go there but if you don't mm-hmm. argue you're not getting anywhere exactly Ugh. well let's um i don't know I, I i don't we're not ending the episode on this no but, please no. no there's, there's still more questions <laughs> but um so so this is actually a, a new question i've been toying with recently because yeah. i want to start getting back to why this podcast exists so mm-hmm. it's called good enough obviously and it doesn't take a genius to figure out that it's a it's a compound word it's good and enough mm-hmm. and i believe that it's a concept that a lot of people need to start getting on board with because it's the one that helped me be successful in switching my life around Mm -hmm. because I used to be, you know, I used to hit the gym or diet in this self-hate sort of thing where like you're gross, you're out of shape or you need to get better. I Mm -hmm. used, I I would punish myself. Right. And I didn't really get the confidence and get in shape. It all happened when I realized I, the exact opposite that, Mm -hmm the situation I'm in right now that I've landed myself in is okay. It's not bad to have done like, it's not bad to have wound yourself up in a situation that seems not ideal. Right. right? 
And it's about looking yourself in the mirror and it's just saying you're good enough. Mm -hmm. So I guess the question that I want to ask is what is a positive way that you apply that kind of mindset where you're like, I well, the, the tagline of this podcast, you could read mm -hmm. it in the description right now, guys, is good is good enough. Not mm -hmm. life is good enough. But when you do good, when you pulled off something that was good, whether it's good for you or good for mm -hmm. somebody else, you know, a lot of times someone does something great and you'll see on the Internet respond. Cool. Well, they didn't say this about that. Or they didn't do this with that person. Yeah. And they it's never good enough for them. So yeah. could you like could you point out something that is good enough? Something that either you did or you personally experienced that's just like, yeah, that that was okay. They a I know good job happened. Within a lot of uh, therapeutic models that are happening right now with parents, uh, a lot of parents I'm not a parent and I never will be, but a lot of parents freak out about am I, you know, the culture around parenting is insane. It's pretty toxic. Yeah, like you have to be, you have to put together these perfect kale organic smoothie lunches right. with like little love letters every day. Otherwise you're killing your child and yeah. DCF needs to be called. Exactly. And the truth is, is that what a lot of clinicians tell parents is, hey, good enough parenting is fine. Yeah. Like, good enough parenting doesn't produce psychopaths generally. It doesn't right. produce, you know, bitter people. You know, as long as you made a good faith effort and you owned up to your mistakes, which are inevitable, your kids will understand that and respect that. Yeah. You know, actually, you and uh, who I spoke about this with on this podcast was your boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, guys, uh, this is uh, uh, Harper is a uh, Stash Makita's girl. Yeah. And he is her guy. Mm -hmm. I really don't like how I worded that. It's just how <laughs> I came out of my mouth. But yeah, they're together. It's adorable and annoying and I hate it and I love yeah. it. But um, no, they're, they're great. And uh, yeah, Stash and I, Stash had the line, every generation was raised by more morons but we ultimately arrived at this place where like parents tried their best mm -hmm. you know for like all right some parents are monsters and they don't love their kids yeah. that happens but i'm saying for the most part if a parent loved you if a parent loves you yeah they really did try their hardest to yeah. give you the best shot and that's all you could ask for man with what they were given the tools they were given they did as good as they could yeah. and, that, and it is good enough yeah. it is good to try your hardest to try your best mm -hmm. In a world that wants you dead, that wants yeah. you broke, that wants you this and that, to raise a child that's, you know, enough adjusted is that they could get through the world. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you did a good job. And another uh, phrase that I apply the good uh, phrase good enough with is that I, um, in addition to the various ventures that we've already spoken about, I'm working on writing a play. And I'm if I'm not in this play, fuck you so <laughs> much. I will be so mad if I don't even have a bit part in this, man. So I'm, go on. I'm working on it. I'm going to start Act 2 hopefully very soon. I've written all of Act 1 and I've let it marinate for about a month. Play. But, yeah. Straight play, not a musical. Straight play, not okay. a musical. And when I, and I, it's obviously in the first draft stage i'm going to rewrite it several times before i even deign to let anybody look at it this is my baby i get it but yeah. you know in, if i sit down for a day and i start writing if i start getting in my head about oh should you use this word here or that word there that we're here it's like honey just get it down on paper that's the hard part yeah and then it's good enough is it, if it's is it on paper well, then it wasn't on paper yesterday. That's fine. That's good enough. Was it only a page? Cool. One night I wrote 20 pages. I wasn't intending to write 20 pages, right. but I wrote 20 pages. Some, That's awesome. Some days I tackle it thinking I'm totally going to write 20 pages. I get a half out. Like, just, you know, don't, if you're, if my as the way my mom says it, just make a move. As long as you're making a move daily, making a move, you know, 
in accordance, you will improve. That's just the law of how things work. It's true. Oh my God. I love it. Also, I love this question and I'm going to start asking it to all my guests because that was a beautiful response. Hell mm-hmm. yeah. Good is good enough, guys. All right, Harper. So, uh, if, uh, so if you could speak something into infinity, infinity and something and this episode on a good note, something that people could remember you by piece of advice, whatever mm-hmm. it is, just to leave the audiences on a, on a good note to remember old Harper Lyles, what would that be? <laughs> Adaptation is your friend. Adaptation is your friend. I, my initial um, degree, I my initial degree out of school didn't work out for me. My um, some several careers I've tried didn't work out. Um, I've auditioned for things and not gotten them. I've lived in areas that I didn't fit in, and you have to just keep adapting and keep growing as a person. And as long as you're not staying put, you're doing all right. Hell. Yeah. I love it. I love it a lot. It's good enough. All right. So where could people find you? People can find me on the internet in general. I would prefer it if they didn't come into my day jobs. Um, right. I, my website, HarperLyles.com, um, Twitter under Harper underscore Lyles, Instagram, Harper, Harper dot Lyles. Um, and as far as performing, I'm hoping to get back into a fuller schedule with that once my day jobs become routine. Um, we are on a show together on yeah. November 16th. Yeah, let's talk about that. At that's Center a, Stage Theater. Yeah, that's a big deal, guys. Uh, I'll probably mm-hmm. be talking about it in all the intros, too, from now on yeah. until the show, because this is a really big deal for me. So uh, three years ago, when I started theater, I started uh, Center Stage, the only pl- place I've ever done theater at, Center Stage in Shelton. Center Stage Theater in Shelton. Uh, I came into it as a comedian. I was a one-year comedian at the time, and I saw a stage, and I'm like, <sighs> one day. Yeah. And it wasn't right away. The the I love I love the old director to death. Uh, he he did not want he did not want to do comedy, and it made sense. He was just at the end of his run running that place, and he wanted it to be what it is. The new director uh, wants to try it out. And I've done some shows there. He he tr- he trusts me, guys. Is what I'm saying. Nice. And it's 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 a bigger deal for me than I'm leading it on because I'm marrying my two loves. Like I love comedy and I love theater, and mm-hmm. this could go like one way or the other because like I'm putting my name on. Uh, I'm kind of showing my theater world what comedy is about, and I'm co- showing some of my comedy world what the theater world's about, and. It could go poorly. It could go great. I don't know. I think it's mm-hmm. going to, sorry, it's going to go great. It's going to go really, <laughs> really awesome. It's just, it's an interesting place to do comedy in a place that's never done comedy before, but is a well-established theater yeah. that has had th- literally thousands of people go in and out of those doors. Um, you know, sold out shows, sold, sold out shows almost every every night when they have performances. So I'm mm-hmm. really excited to be doing this and I'm going to be hosting it. I put it together. Daniel Cowwhite, my friend is headlining it. It's going to be awesome. It's November 16th, but yeah, mm-hmm. I probably said it at the beginning of this episode too in the intro. I am also on a show with my man on October 26th. Everything we've called Stosh today on this episode is grossing me out, but go on. I know, right? <laughs> your guy, your man. <laughs> None fill. of us talk that way. My fella. Oh, 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 fuck. <laughs> I need a bath. <laughs> my suitor. Oh, oh no. that is the worst go on yes anyhow we are on a show together with uh, several area comedians on october 26th at best video in hamden it's one of the few remaining vhs video rental outlets 
in the world, maybe. I'm sorry, you're, you're doing a comedy show at a video rental store? Yeah, it's video rental slash coffee shop. It's kind of a... And video rental coffee st- shop still exists? Yes. Yes, it does. Sure. But they do, right. but they do like live music there and they why, have a little coffee not? thingy. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of the movies there are like more foreign titles or like hard to find yeah. stuff. So, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, uh, you guys know where you can find me, of course. So we're going to be at that show November 16th. Uh, and of course, at Bro on Twitter, at Bro 93 on Instagram, all that good jazz. You know what's going on. Uh, thank you guys very much. Harper, thank you for coming by. Thank you for having me. You've been me. great. And uh, as always, drink more water and be nicer to each other.